What's up, podcast? On this one, I chat to Netherlands Rugby League board member Matt Rigby. Then Biggest Tiger joins me for some golden points. I'm Michael Carboni. This is episode 52 of the Chasing Kangaroos podcast. You're listening to Chasing Kangaroos, the rugby league podcast for fans who are passionate about seeing the game played in more places. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, on this episode of Chasing Kangaroos, we've got a very special guest with us all the way from the UK and uh, recently appointed to the Netherlands Rugby League Bond Board. Matt Rigby, welcome to the show, buddy. Uh, thanks, Carl. It's a pleasure to be here. Mate, um, I've been pumped about this conversation. We ha- it's actually the second time we're having it, so we recorded this earlier. It, uh, you know, We had some technical issues, but, man, I'm just really happy that I get to speak to you twice. I don't think it's a bad thing. No, um, I think that's a very nice thing for you to say. Thanks very much. <laughs> Mate, firstly, uh, congratulations on your appointment uh, to the Netherlands Rugby League Bond Board. Um, but before we, get, before we get into all of that, I really want to learn a little bit about you. Um, so I'm going to start with some icebreakers. I want to know, who's your Super League team? Um, Super League team is Wigan, um, but yeah, I think, I think it should be everybody's second team for Toronto as well. I'm a big, bigger advocate for development and top of Toronto State. I think everyone has a soft spot for Toronto at the moment. It's unfortunate the way they're going, um, but, you know, hopefully things improve. What about NRL? Have you got an NRL side? Not really, no. No, I just... Um, yeah, I would probably have to say Canberra just because of the English contingent there. Yeah, that's um, r- Really good to see those guys uh, gelling well over there and hopefully George Williams um, adds something as well this year to them. I hope so too, man. Uh, fair swap for Aiden Caesar. You guys have him over there now, and hopefully George is as good, if not better. But um, I thought you might have said Melbourne Storm because um, Pappenhausen's got that that Dutch heritage, so that could be something to, something for you to watch. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of Pappenhausen, but um, <laughs> not not of Melbourne, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, mate. Um, look, tell us a little bit about your history and your playing career because obviously the listeners they're very astute they, they can hear that you've got a british accent you're not dutch yeah. so so let us know like tell us a little bit about your history and how you ended up as um on the board of the national uh, netherlands rugby league uh, bond yeah so i started playing rugby um in the uk helping rochdale um at the age of six or seven um through my dad who, who got me involved in that um played for a few clubs in the uk um Littleborough, Milnrow, Saddleworth, Greetland, um, Brighouse, and then finally Bury. Um, and I've, I've had a lot of lot of experience over here uh, many years. Um, I had some really good times in Greetland. Um, but then kind of when I got, got to my older years of around about 16, 17, I, I really wanted to have a look what else was out there. So yeah. I got in touch with the um, United States League, the USARL. Uh, who I was watching the games on live stream uh, for quite a while at the time, and I was really impressed with what was going on there. Um, something I really wanted to get involved with. Um, got in contact with a couple of clubs, got a couple of offers, um, but we kind of we, we kind of got got to a brick wall when we kind of realised that it might be a little bit early for me. Um, 16, 17 in the US isn't isn't the ideal year oh, uh, wow. for me. 
Um, but I, I really, really wanted to get involved with some sort of development rugby league. Who were um, who were some of the clubs that you were in contact with in the states back then? Um, so there was Jacksonville Axman, Philadelphia Fight, um, Anida was another one, and and the New York club as well. They were playing in the AM and RL at the time. I think. Oh wow! Okay, cool. That would have been interesting. But yeah, so you say you were sixteen at the time, so probably a bit early yeah. for you. But you've had this sort of. You've had this like um, expansion sort of mindset from an early age, obviously. Oh, definitely, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, for me, it's um, it's kind of when you see football and the, and the World Cup, when you see how many nations are getting involved, and then you look at uh, league, and you've kind of got you know the UK and France and Australia, and New Zealand. That's pretty much it, and mm. it's quite sad that obviously you know the best sport in the world isn't seen by a bigger audience. Um, so that was it. Was kind of something I wanted to get involved with um, from an early set. Um, looking looking at the at the European side, uh, something closer to home. Um, and, and then I stumbled across across the Netherlands. Noticed that they just done a season uh, with Belgium uh, with, with four teams um, cross country. And it, it, it just I just it just felt right, you know, when you when you get that gut feeling. Um, got in contact with the with the Hague Knights. Um, and then yeah, we were just took it from there. W- went for um went for a training session on a Thursday night. Played my first game on the Saturday um, against Rotterdam. First game of the 2016 season. We uh, we lost 88-20, um, which is probably one of the worst defeats of my life. 88-20, shit. 88-20, yeah. It was a tough day at the office, but I, I absolutely loved it. It was it was one of the it was one of the most enjoyable games I've had, which sounds very strange to to hear with that scoreline. But at, at that, as soon as I finished full time, and the sort of just the sort of feel you get off that game, I, I knew I was in. I was in that for the long run. What was it? Um, what was it about that game? Because like, was it, the quality would have been quite different to what you're used to? What, like, what did you did? You, was it what you expected? Um, I, I think it actually benefited me a lot because obviously I was still young, so yeah. playing playing that adult game wasn't something um, uh, you know as much used to me. At, at that point, I was probably a lot faster than the than the older lot. Um, so that, I think that kind of gave me a little bit of an advantage. But I, I think that I think it's, I think it's just playing with more grown ups, obviously helping them out and uh, and that sort of thing. You just it, it just just gave you a really good feeling to, to kind of help them out and, and you know see. You could see potential there, a lot of potential. Yeah, awesome, man. And so, when you were over there in that first year, did you did you say that the Netherlands competition was combined with Belgium, or was that the year prior? No, that was the year prior. That was the year when I was following it yeah. um, on social media. It was the following year where it broke off and just became just became the Dutch league solely. So there's only three three teams at the time, which was Amsterdam, Rotterdam, and the Hague. Yeah. Um, which which we we managed to get to the final in, um, but then we lost lost in the final against Rotterdam. Um, we'll, we'll talk about these grand, we'll talk about these grand final losses in a moment because there was a few there for the Hague, and they finally got spoiler alert they finally got the win last year. But so yeah. what what can you tell us about sort of the history of um, rugby league in the Netherlands? Like is that is that 2015 16 is that where it began or does it does it go back earlier than that? It's it's actually a lot earlier than that. Now there's a lot of people that don't actually know, and there's a lot of Dutch people that don't know this. That um, rugby league in the Netherlands first evolved in 1989 um, when when we actually competed in the Student Rugby League World Cup um, in New York. Um, I think I believe we were, we were given quite a tough group in New Zealand, Scotland, um, and I can't think of the other nation. But um, uh, lost lost all three games, but yeah. it was by no grace. Um, 
think the worst defeat was New Zealand at maybe 40 points to 16, which which isn't that bad of a result, really, mm. uh, in regards in the, in the grand scheme of things. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, then after that, rugby league didn't really ha- have any any sort of um, role in the Netherlands until about 2003. Um, Netherlands played against Scotland A in Sassenheim, um, which was actually shown, they kind of recorded clips of it um, yep. by Sky Sports. The UK and it was actually put out on on a show over here. Um, but, but then again, it didn't really amount to much. Um, around about 2005-6, there was a four-team competition um, around the Hague and Rotterdam sort of areas, um, and then it kind of fizzled out after the after the World Cup qualifiers ended in 2007. Um, 2009, there was a new board that came in, which is the NRLB, which is which is as it is today. Yep. Uh, and then it, it was it was kind of more development starting from starting from the grassroots properly. Um, no official competition really came in until 2015 with the Belgians. Um, so there's a long period of time there, which which Jason Brogham's, which is an incredible bloke to have. He is originally from New Zealand, got yeah. Dutch heritage, um, and yeah, he's he really did really did pick up the sport here. Um, and obviously without him, we we wouldn't be in the position we are today. So um, is that is that what it took? Because there was obviously a bit of stop start, you know, over a couple of decades. What, did you yeah. need someone like that to really drive it, drive it, and and really build something? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I mean, it's it's, not, it's nothing against the people that are doing it in the past. I mean, it might might be a time, you know, time change. Obviously, times change all the time, and people's interests change. Um, but obviously, what Jason's done um, is incredible, uh, and I'm, I'm very honoured to try and carry on what he's done um, over there. So awesome. Um, and, and so you've been there, or you've been playing for the Knights, for the Den Haag Knights, for five years by my count, four years maybe. You guys lost a few grand finals, um, but last year you finally beat the Cobras, the Amsterdam Cobras. Tell us a little bit about how that felt and after being a part of this club for so long. Um. It's, it's probably one of the best moments of my life, really. Um, as, as soon as that full-time whistle goes and and you realise you're national champions, it's it, it's an incredible feeling. It's it's a really euphoric moment, um, and that's that's something that I'll that I'll, I'll never forget. Um, it was an incredible day. Um, the the actual match itself was was incredible. It's one of the highest standards of games of rugby league I've seen in the Netherlands um, ever, I think. Um, and it, it was it was just it was just really good. That obviously, it was a last minute try winner. Um, it was a really close anticipated game. Um, it was in it was an absolutely incredible day. Um, yeah, it was it was brilliant. I can't talk about that grand final without mentioning our mutual friend Billy Forrester because he he'd kill me if I didn't mention him. Apparently, you know, it's all because of him that you guys you guys got the win. But um, he he actually said what you said. He said the quality of that game, the standard of that game was amongst, you know, the best that he's played in. What sort of level was that a one-off because of the intensity or like what sort of level could, would you compare um, that that Dutch competition to just for our listeners to sort of get an understanding of where it's at? Um, it's it's really difficult to, to kind of gauge a sort of comparison as, as to where we're at. Um, I mean, if if I had to say, you know, you're probably looking sort of um, high high end amateur level um, yep. in the UK, um, which I mean, some people might you know kind of t- t- turn a frown at that, but I mean, we've got to understand that we've we've only been in this four or five years um, properly um, as a unit. Um, 
Yeah, I mean that, that's probably where we are. But yeah, I mean, I mean back back on the Billy thing. Um, I, I really. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's. Um, I, I know. I know. He'll give it all the big talk um, that it was all down to him. Um, he did have an absolutely incredible game that final. I'll give him that. Because if I don't, I won't near the end of it. Um, <laughs> he, he did score a try as well, which I which I know I've got to get in there for him. Um, but but unfortunately, Billy can't be with us next year um, due to work commitments. Um, but that, but you know we we totally understand that. Um, it's really good to have him last year. That's a shame, but I'm I'm sure speaking to him, he'll be back one day. He absolutely loved his time over there. Um, t- tell us about this, where it's at now. So you mentioned when you first moved across, or when you first started playing for the Knights, you had three clubs. Now there's five, I believe. Tell us a little bit about each of these clubs and and sort of where they're at, and and tell me a little bit about the rivalries because. I'll say I'll say from the get-go, like I've spoken to a few people over there, in, and in particular from the Knights and the Amsterdam Cobras, there's, like I won't say there's a hatred between the clubs, but there's definitely a very healthy rivalry. Tell us a little bit about about the clubs over there right now. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll agree. It's, it's definitely not a hatred. It's just one of them where you know when you've got the two best teams in the competition, there's got to be a rivalry, and you know somebody's got to be the better team. Um, yeah, this this season's gonna be really, really, really um, intense. Um, the, the sort of rivalries that they've got on every club is in, involved in a rivalry. Um, so, so originally it was maybe the Knights and Rotterdam, which were kind of the main rival. Again, being the two best teams, Amsterdam have then developed and, and become a really good, strong force, um, and it's kind of been the, the against Amsterdam. Um, most recently, as well as all of the new team have just come in, um, who are very closely located to um, Harderwijk, so that'll be a really, really good, um, really good fixture to have, and that's that's actually the opening game for us as well on the 18th of April. Um, so that'll be really, nice. really good, yeah. good game to start off. Um, you've got a lot of players that have um, moved from Amsterdam to Zwolle um, due to their sort of residency areas as well. So I, I'm, I'm I'm kind of feeling there will be some form of rivalry between Amsterdam and Zwolle. Um, whether that's a good rivalry or a, or a very bad one, we'll have, we'll have to we'll have to find out very soon. Do you think that because Amsterdam, the Cobras have been strong for a couple of years? Do you think Zwolle coming into the competition, taking some of their players, does that affect them, or have they have they recruited? You know, who who do you think? Um, I, yeah, I, I'm I'm not sure um, on the recruitment levels for them. Yeah. Um, I, I, I know that Dan Van Rossum um, of, of Amsterdam will will be absolutely working working his backbone to make sure yeah. he's got enough players and obviously recruited well. Um, whether or not they, they can compete, uh, Anz Voller can compete to a high level, um, we'll have to see. But I'm I'm really excited for both clubs, and I really do think that they'll that they've got um, a really good long term future as well. Awesome to hear, man. So we've got the Den Haag Knights, just for those at home. Den Haag Knights, the Amsterdam Cobras. We've got the Rotterdam Pitbulls. The Hardwijk Dolphins, did I say that right? Hardwijk, and oh, yeah. and there's Volair Wolves. So five clubs. How's the competition going to work this year? So this year it's just going to be the same as a generic season. So you've got um, you'll play each team home and away. Um, so there'll be ten rounds of fixtures, um, followed by a grand final. Um, it's going to commence on the 18th of April between Zola and um, Hardwijk, um, and the grand final will be in mid July. Um, it's it's continuous season. There will be a mid-season break um, on the weekend of the 29th to the 31st of May, um, which we'll we'll touch on later on with our international calendar when we play Sweden uh, like in the it. UK. Yeah, and so 
Rotterdam Nines, where does that fit? Is that do you guys organise that? Is that the unofficial kickoff for the for the season, or is it separate? It is separate. Um, it's it's organised by Rotterdam Pitbulls. Um, again, it's it's something that Jason Programs has done uh, for many years to a really really high high standard. Um, it, it kind of is the sort of unofficial start to the season in the way that it brings all the sort of teams together yeah. um, and you have a really good laugh, really good social engagement event to bring in new clubs um, outside of the UK, uh, sorry, outside of the Netherlands as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's a really good event to have and I'm really looking forward to, to being a part of that again um, and that's, that's happening on the 11th of April this year on Easter weekend. Beautiful. I think it's a good way to start it all, and and I didn't know that that it, it's actually uh, Rotterdam, the Pitbulls who organise it, not not you guys. So, but still interesting. It's good that it's all sort of part of one big big picture. Um, tell me about the players. So, like, where do they come from? Are they, are they all are they all Brits like yourself? Are they expats? Is there any development there? Are there are there Dutch guys playing in this in the competition? Like, what's the split? Um, it's, it's it's very various um, depending upon the clubs. Yeah. Um, so I mean, obviously you've you've got the big cities in Amsterdam, Rotterdam, and the Hague, where you obviously you've got a lot of expats, a lot of students from other nations, um, UK, Australia, um, those sorts of regions. Um, and then obviously you've got Hardwijk and Zwolle, which are, which are kind of um, they are they are away from the bigger cities, um, and they do have a lot more. Dutch contingent. Um, that's not to say that there aren't Dutch players in Amsterdam, Rotterdam, in the Hague. Yep. Um, more of a mix amongst those teams. Um, whereas, uh, yeah, Hardewijk and Zwolle are, are a lot more Dutch, uh, and, and they, they kind of stick stick to the Dutch ways. Um, obviously, speaking the Dutch language as well, which is which is really important to us. Um, yeah, I mean that that's pretty. It, it, it's quite a various thing, but I mean it's really good for us to have because um, obviously it increases the sort of player pool um, that we have for the internationals. Yep. Um, it gives us players more of a more of a challenge against players that you know obviously won't come up against in the in the international scene. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's a really it's a really good mix for us to have at the minute. Yeah, awesome, man. So, and and how do clubs recruit? Like, I assume there's no juniors or development at this stage. Am I right in saying that? Um, as it as it stands, we don't have any juniors, any any junior teams or anything like that in place. However, yep. we are working towards um, a, a sort of um, how do you say, sort, sort of sort of child's festival of such, um, awesome. which will be a, a sort of curtain raise to the grand final in July. Um, that that event isn't officially confirmed, but we are working working towards it, and we're fairly positive that we can that we can try and pull that off. So, where do the players come from then? So, where, how does a how does how does a Dutch born player end up playing for the Harvey Dolphins for example um, I mean it probably stands back to a few years ago when, when rugby league clinics which are, which basically means a rugby league training session or introductory session yep. um, I'd say into schools um, I know there was a few clinics done in Harvey and that's that's kind of how Harvey Dolphins were born um, which was which is through the schooling system and obviously interest just outside yep. um, for the older people um, and, and that's that's a really it's a really good success story that um, that we've managed to get into a school and we managed to build a team out of it. Um, as far as the other teams are concerned, it's more it's more just obviously social um, social media advertisements um, and, and trying to get those guys in. Um, we, we do, I mean, obviously we do have a lot of players from rugby union. Um, it, it's it's something that, that you know we're not we're not scared to admit. Um, it's, it's something that we do rely on heavily. Um, their season is is from uh, August through till May, 
whereas our season is April through to July. Um, but the, yeah, the, we, we do get a lot of union players wanting to play a league, um, but it's, it's, it's really healthy for us that there's players there that want to play a league um, and obviously want to get involved with our guys, and, and that's something that we do take advantage of. It reminds me a little bit, and it's funny you mentioned um, the USARL earlier, it reminds me a little bit of how they're set up. So they've got obviously their union season and then their USARL league season sort of runs in the union off season so that players can play both. And there's always a lot of like, a, a lot of argument and discussion about whether that's the right way to go. You know, should they tackle union head on or could, could they survive if they did that? And it sounds like you guys are kind of in that same boat. Is, is there, are the relation, is the relationship good between the two forms of rugby over there? Is there a plan to one day, you know, try and take it on head to head or is, is that really going to be not benefit either party at this point? I mean, me personally, I haven't had any discussions with the union side, yeah. um, but I, I do know that there is no hatred at all between between the two bonds. We, we, you know, we, it's it's kind of it's kind of one of them things where we just do our own thing. It's not there's no sort of relationship, but there's no hatred at the same time, which is which which, which is fairly healthy for us to have. Yep. Yeah, and I understand a few of the clubs actually have like partnerships, like as Volley Wolves have their. I noticed on their Instagram page they talk about their relationship with. There's Volley Rugby Club as well, and they share a ground and all that sort of thing, facilities. So I guess it can only be a good thing right now. Um, yeah. Um, okay, let's 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 step away from from Union. I don't really want to talk too much about that. But um, yeah, tell, tell me tell me a little bit about your role now. So are, are you still playing for the Knights this season, or does your appointment to um to the NRLB board sort of mean you have to forego duties on the field? No, um, I mean, my, my main focus this year is the NRLP. Um, I'm, I'm more than happy to, to help the Knights in, in anything that they need off the field. That's I'll always have that, that hand of help there for them. Yep. Um, but, but my main focus this year is making sure the NRLB has a very successful season, has a very good international season, and we're in a very good position moving into next year. And, and that's, yep. that's, that's, that's where my focus needs to be. Um, no, you know, if if the Knights need me to play, or, or or if I'm free for one weekend, then obviously I'll always stick my hand up and and, and help them out because obviously helping them helps the league. Um, and that's like I said, the, the league is my priority at the minute. Fantastic. And so, how involved do you get in international fixtures for Netherlands and organising those sorts of things? So that's actually part of my role. Um, so it, it is my responsibility to make sure that we that we do organise the obviously the trainings, the matches, um, and and obviously the transport, accommodation, all that sort of stuff. Anything national team based is all my responsibility. Um, so we've obviously we've we've got five international games this year, which is which is the most we've had ever. I was going to say, um, yeah, you're doing an excellent job so far. <laughs> like that's that's pretty good. Um, but yeah, obviously having five international games this year is, is going to be really big for us. And obviously heading into the Euros um, at the end of the year, um, we're going to be really well prepared for it. And, and that's that's the best way for us to be. Well, let me run through those five games and then we can talk a little bit about, you know, a few of them. We've got, uh, you mentioned the the break in the um, domestic competition on May 31st that weekend. So that's when you'll take on Sweden in Hull, so that'll be a curtain raiser to a Hull KR Super League match, which I think is fantastic. Then yeah. August 26, you've got Southern England. Are uh, you playing Southern England Rugby League? Uh, September 19, you play at home against Germany for the annual Griffin Cup. 
which is really cool. We can talk a little bit about that in a sec. And then the 17th, you've got uh, Turkey as part of your Euro D uh, tournament. You've got Turkey in Rotterdam. And then the return leg, you've got Turkey in Istanbul the week later on the 24th of October. That to me is incredible. Like, and I, I mentioned, <laughs> I mentioned on our pod recently that, um, that Netherlands this year are playing more international games than the Kangaroos usually play. Like the Kangaroos probably play two or three games a year normally. This year's a little bit different, 2020. They'll be on the Kangaroo Tour. But I just think that's incredible. And I want to start with this match against Sweden at Hull KR. Like how did that come about? Um, so, I mean, it's kind of been a quite a few months in the making. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, back in... October, November time, we actually put um, an official bid in to host the Toronto Wolfpack game, Yep, um, which was really well received um, social media. It was a really good social engagement for us to have. Um, unfortunately, we never heard back from the, from the Wolfpack, um, uh, which was a shame. Uh, but, you know, we, we, we kind of expected that um, to some extent. Um, then by chance, um, Hulkia actually got into contact with myself um, and said, look, you know, I, I can see, I, we, we can see that, you know, you, you are trying to expand the game. Um, why not bring an international game to us? Um, and, and for the past couple of months, we've been we've been crossing a lot of boundaries to, to make sure we, we can actually get that done. Um, and, and we're very very pleased to have that confirmed uh, with Sweden um, in in the past couple of weeks. Well done, Hull KR. That's incredible for them to reach out to you. I think like oh, just big round of applause to them. I think that's fantastic. What do you yeah. think that would do for for the boys in the Netherlands? Like obviously they're they're getting to travel, they're getting to play at this like like a you know, a Super League class stadium. They get to watch the game live afterwards as well. What does this mean for them? I mean, I mean, this this sort of this sort of this sort of trip, sorry, could actually make a player. Um, now, I know that that sounds very very quite a big statement, but yeah. um, but I mean, for a player to go, obviously, you know, you're traveling to the UK with a, with a set of Dutch lads, which you've been with for for a long time. You're playing at a Super League stadium, which is. That that just doesn't that opportunity does not come along <laughs> very often. Mm. Some would say a lifetime for those guys. Yeah. Um, then obviously you you, you know you're you're watching a Super League game and, and not just any Super League game, but against the Super League champions. Um, and for those guys to be involved in that atmosphere and see that sort of game, it just kind of gives them that sort of that sort of insight into exactly what goes on um, and what exactly a rugby league uh, environment should feel like. Um, the experience that those guys will get from that will, will be absolutely life-changing for them uh, in regards to rugby league. Um, and I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so pumped to, to, to get those guys over here and, uh, and get them going. That's huge, man. And I'm, I'm guessing you'll start favourites. I think you played Sweden twice and beat them both times. So hopefully that record continues for, for, your, for your boys. Um, moving on. So we've got the Griffin, Griffin Cup against Germany later in the year at home. And as I understand it, this is a rivalry that's sort of gone on annually now. Tell me a little bit about this rivalry with Germany. Yeah, I mean, we we we, we personally as NRLB, we've got a really good relationship with uh, with the NRLD, which is uh, National Rugby League Deutschland, uh, obviously of Germany. Um, we, we've been obviously we've been playing this fiction now since two thousand and fourteen, um, and it's it's a really really healthy rivalry for us to have with them. Um, I, um, I believe the first game that we played was. I think we I think we lost seventy points to sixteen, um, but then our, our, uh, last year we actually we actually won it by comfortably by about 20, twenty plus points. Um, so I mean I think that just shows the sort of development that we've had um, internally um, with the Netherlands. Yeah, great. Um, and it is, 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's it's something that, that we kind of want to be working with Germany um, a lot in the future as well. Um, obviously comparing notes and, and, and see where we are with each other, helping out each other out, uh, which, which I think is really important for both nations to have that. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to see, seeing um, this, this relationship blossom with, with Germany. Am I right in saying that at a club level, um, the German champions play the Dutch champions each year, or is that something that you guys are trying to make happen? It's something that's kind of been up in the air for, for the past couple of years. Um, it's never it's never officially happened. Yeah. Um, but but um, on an NRLB front, uh, I, I can give you exclusive content that we that we have pursued this quite quite aggressively with with Germany to make that happen this year. Um, so so fingers fingers crossed that can be announced soon. But there is no official confirmation that that will happen yet. Well, let us know if you do, and we'll help spread the word. That's awesome, man. Uh, and and look, I'm loving the rivalry with Germany here because. You know, you're telling me that you've beat them most recently, but I notice on in the Euro fixtures they're in the Euro C group, and you guys in the Euro D group. That's got to hurt a little yeah. bit, right? It does hurt a little bit, but I, I do kind of understand it. Um, Germany have got a lot of lot of heritage players of a really high standard um, in the UK and in Australia, um, and and I I personally do wish them well um, in that Euro C. I really do think that they'll they'll, they'll fight hard and they, they will go. Really well in that competition, um, and yeah, we, we we do wish our best luck, best of wishes to them, um, and, and obviously we'll we'll see how they get on. Um, but you know, it's, it's not something for us to be bitter about or anything like that. It, 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 you know, it is what it is, and we'll we'll, we'll play our games and, and do the best that we can do. It's a very beautiful response. I'll ask you again when I'm not recording and, and see if it's the same answer. But that's, that's <laughs> <laughs> mate. Um, and speaking of Euro, of co- of course, you got your matches against Turkey home and away, which I think will be really cool. Um, Turkey's obviously pretty, fairly new, like newer than the Netherlands to, to rugby league, but they're growing in leaps and bounds. And I'm actually really impressed with what they're doing over there. I do do keep in touch with, with Julian and, and a few of the guys over there that are, that are really doing great things. And, and the girls too, like women's rugby league is growing very quickly um, in Turkey as well. W- what do you know much about these guys? Cause you're going to be playing two matches. Um, you know, it's going to be important. What what do you think your chances are against Turkey? Uh, well, I mean, I mean, first off, I'll, I'll agree with you on that. Um, in, in regards in regards to what I've seen on social media, they, they are doing incredibly well. Um, you know, in, in their development, and it's, it's something that's that's really good. Uh, I, th- I think that's something that we'll realise that any development in any country will we'll back it 100, percent and that's that, that's where those development nations will be at. In regards to the actual international itself, um, I've not really sure what, what we're expecting. Um, it really depends on, on, on what players get selected, what, what heritage players they have. Um, I know Aidan Caesar um, and Huddersfield Giants from yep. Canberra really keen to play um, for the for Turkey at some point. Um, fingers crossed he doesn't play against us, but um, <laughs> but, I, but I mean, but I mean, it's, it's one of them. It's, it's all about the experience thing. I mean, if 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 uh, Aidan Caesar does play, it's it's not a, it's not an issue for us. It's it's a it's a really good chance for our lads to play against you know a, a really solid professional, um, and. and you know, all all experience is, is a learning curve for us. Um, so yeah, it'll be a really good experience for us. Um, I'm really excited for it. Definitely positives and negatives. If Aiden Caesar shows up, I'd love to see him play for Turkey. I think he will one day. I've heard him express uh, that he'd love to represent his dad's country of birth. So I think that would be incredible. Look, if he does, we'll just we'll, we mentioned Ryan Pappenhausen earlier. We'll see if we can get him. You know, lining up for the Netherlands, and then that might even things out a little bit. We'll see what happens, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, let's let's talk about your role. So um, 
you're on the board now and I guess your role is really to make sure the domestic competition grows, that the internationals are there, that, that rugby league is growing in the Netherlands like never before and I think you're already doing that but what, what are the challenges that you've, you've experienced so far coming in? Like is there anything that sort of surprised you a little bit that, that you need to work on? Um, I, I, I wasn't so much surprised. I was, I was always kind of expecting a lot of work. Um, it, it, in regards to challenges, it's, it's the same as any other governing body. Obviously, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's simple boundaries for me, stuff like you know, finding venues and that sort of thing. Yeah. There's nothing really that challenging for me um, at the minute, but I'm sure I'll eat them words very soon. Um, <laughs> yep. So, yeah. So I mean, in regards to the role, it's kind of it's kind of been broken down a little bit this year. So previously, it used to just be the development manager, um, which is, so I mean that's it's always been a massive job for some of the take on. So it's, it has been split this year into competitions and national team manager, which is myself, um, and development officer, which is Hannes uh, Bavius, um, who lives in Dordrecht uh, in the Netherlands. So it's, it's kind of a really good relationship that we've got with each other. Um, obviously, keeping in contact all the time. Um, making sure that we're, we're hitting, you know, we are hitting these areas for development and see what we can do. Uh, we had a really good coaching and, and match officials course last month, which we, which we actually hit a record of twenty-seven participants, which is beautiful. Pulling up nearly, nearly treble our record, which is a really positive thing for us, to, for us to do. And um, so, so we've, we've kind of got Hannah's looking, looking more at the NL, you know, actually being on the ground, um, doing doing the stuff there, and it's kind of me, obviously. Hiding in my little room um, in the UK, um, <laughs> doing all these stuff. But yeah, it's, it's really good to have Hans on board, um, and we are working really well together. That sounds like a good team so far. Tell me a little bit about the future, then. So, let's talk domestically and let's talk internationally as well. And I kind of want to talk short term and long term. So I don't know how long you're gonna you're gonna be doing this for, or how long you're gonna be involved. But you're still a young guy, and I assume you've got a lot to give. So, what what? What do you think the future looks like for the Netherlands, and how do we get there? Um, I, I mean, in regards to short term, it should, uh, short term for this season is just to make sure that we do have a successful season. Um, as well as we're given as much support as possible as a new club, make yep. sure that they don't have any challenges that are going to put them off in future. Um, make sure that, that they are happier and, and they do have a long term future. Um, longer term, obviously, you know, we, we have to be looking at more teams, more players, in, increasing that player pool for the internationals, um, and, and that that is our main focus at the minute is to make sure we've got as many people as possible playing league um, in the Netherlands, and, and that 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 is our that is our main target. Um, obviously, internationally, um, every every nation's long term goal is to get to the World Cup. That that's the same with us. Our long term future is to get there. We, we do know that this, you know, that's not going to happen in the next few years. Um, it's it's going to be a, you know, a, a, a 10, 15, 20 year project to get us there. Um, but that, that all starts with our long term, long, uh, sorry, our short term at the minute with the domestic league, obviously getting more players in, uh, increasing our skill levels. And, and that's, that's where we've got to start with first. Do you see like, you know, we're seeing at the moment, especially over in the UK, a lot of clubs trying to enter League One from, from all over the place. So we, we hear about Ottawa, we hear about New York, we hear about Red Star Belgrade, uh, we hear about Valencia. Um, do you foresee a time where, you know, like an Amsterdam or a Rotterdam are uh, looking to enter at League One and make their way up to Super League one day? Um, I will always say why not. Um, 
it's not something that we've got in the pipeline at the minute. But yeah, why, why not? Why not? Can that not happen? Um, I mean, all, all we need is somebody with the uh, big lump of cash just to show an interest in rugby league in the Netherlands, and, and we can see what happens. Uh, I mean, honestly, personally, um, I, I wish all the best luck to Ottawa, Valencia, uh, and Red Star. I really, really do hope these teams do do get in. Sorry, New York as well. Yeah, don't forget them. I really do. <laughs> All these teams do get in, and they do make a success of it. Um, I mean, I mean, I'm not talking the success of Toronto. I mean, if even if you got a stable club in League One, that, that's a success to me. Yep. Um, I mean, I've, I've spoken to Colin Clerveg, um, who I believe was on your show um, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, he's excellent. Um, yeah, yeah, he's he's a really passionate guy to have uh, in rugby league, um, and I really do hope he he does fight, he overcomes those boundaries. Um, to get Red Star into into League One, uh, and I'm really excited. Um, it's it's always been it's always been a thing in my mind now that the, the Super League's been going on for you know maybe 20 plus years now, and it's it's always been called the European Super League, um, and and it's not. It, it really isn't a European Super League that much at the minute. Obviously, we've got Catalans and Toronto. That's that that, that doesn't that that to me does not um, constitute a European League at the minute. It's yeah, pretty poor. Um, we do need to be hitting these these big cities, and when, when we've got people like Colin uh, and obviously guys from Valencia, Ottawa, and, and New York getting involved, it's these guys that we need to be given support. Uh, you know, whether that comes from the RFL clubs or, or whatever, um, these guys need need our support because they're the people that will change our game uh, long term. It's going to be interesting to see how it turns out, and I hope one day we do get to see you know a club from the Netherlands really you know being able to to lift to those sorts of levels as well. I think it would be. It'll be beautiful. I know our Thanks. listeners agree with that, um, mate. Tell me what what can our listeners do to help out? You... Um, I, I think I think we touched on this personally as well before. Um, just uh, guys, just just get out there, get like, sharing, commenting on everything that we do. Um, our our teams have got social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, all of them, um, and and they are really well kept updated. Um, so yeah, just get out there, like, sharing. Um, and give us as much support as you can. Uh, if you are over in the Netherlands, you know if you've got a weekend away in Amsterdam or anything like that, um, feel free to get in contact with our page, uh, and, and we'll be more than happy to welcome you to one of our games and, and see what 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 Dutch rugby league is all about. That would be excellent. Amsterdam's a great place, and uh, to watch some rugby league there as well. That's just the icing on the cake, mate. Um, <laughs> we've got we've got um, a little bit of news that we'd like to share. Um, I'll let you. I'll let you share it. Actually, a little bit of an exclusive from from Chasing Kangaroos and and the Netherlands Rugby League Bond. But why don't you uh, let our listeners know what that is? Yeah. So massive exclusive news just for you viewers. Um, <laughs> the NRLB and Chasing Kangaroos are now in an in an official partnership, and that the Chasing Kangaroos podcast is the official podcast of the NRLB. Um, I'll let you, Kaz, let your viewers know uh, just exactly what that entails on your side. Yeah, so what that means is we're, we're going to be able to bring you, the listeners, news from the Netherlands first, uh, whether it be uh, results and matches and, and reports from from every round of the Netherlands Rugby League Bond competition this year, but whether it be exclusive news related to internationals or any anything like that, this will be the place to get it, get it whether it be... Um, our podcast or our social, social media channel. So we're going to do the best we can to try and help you guys spread the word. And uh, I, I know that the Netherlands is a place that there's a few countries that listeners are really interested in. And, you know, like USA, Jamaica, um, Greece, um, 
and the Netherlands is one of those as well. So we're really keen to watch you guys grow and uh, help spread the word as much as we can. Really appreciate that. That's brilliant. Um, really, really excited for that partnership, and, and obviously, giving the viewers more of a more of an insider view um, of exactly what goes on in the Netherlands and keep you guys up to date. Love it, man, and thanks for the opportunity. Final question, uh, Maddie, before I let you go, man, and this one's this one's very random, but I want I didn't I want to see what your honest opinion is. If there was one person, any person in the world that we could interview on the Chasing Kangaroos podcast that you'd want to listen to, who would that person be? I had a feeling you'd bring this question up. <laughs> uh, um, one of my biggest admirers at the minute for development rugby league uh, is George Delianos um, of, of Greek rugby league. Um, the, the, the sort of boundaries they've had to overcome uh, as a governing body is, is absolutely exceptional. Um, again, it's something that we hand out our big answer in, in massive, massive, massive sort of support for them. Really excited to see how they go on uh, at the Rugby League World Cup um, next year. Um, but yeah, I'd love love to hear love to hear exactly from George Delianos. That is a great suggestion. George is a good friend of mine. He was on um, when I hosted the International Rugby League podcast. He was a guest on one of those episodes briefly. Uh, but I think that's a good suggestion. I have to chat to George and see. Uh, maybe maybe closer to Euro or something like that. We'll see if George wants to come on and yeah have a full episode on Greek Rugby League. I think that's an awesome suggestion. But Matt Rigby, mate, Netherlands Rugby League, I think it's going to be a great season both domestically and internationally. I want to say a big thank you to Chasing Kangaroos with us and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me, Cavs. All the best. Official podcast partners of Netherlands Rugby League. They're, they're called something. They're called the something Bond. Actually, the Netherlands Rugby League Bond. Bond. I've yeah. never. This is the closest I'm ever going to get to beat a James Bond. So that's <laughs> Bond. Netherlands Rugby League Bond. Uh, yeah. How good is Congratulations it? Congratulations to you, sir. Now you as well, mate. You're a part yeah. of. You're definitely a part of this family, and uh, yeah, it's going to be exciting. So plenty of stuff going on. Up the orange. Up the orange, indeed, mate. We have got some golden points. This up, keeps, up the gold. This get, <laughs> up the gold. This keeps getting longer each week. I think I'm going to have to let you beat me this week, just I'll so we're getting, <laughs> we can like settle it down next. This time. is just you playing it down, so that when I do beat you, like, oh, I said you would. No. Would you like to start, sir, or shall I? Uh, I'll start. Oh no, mine's way more exciting. I'm so sorry. Are <laughs> oh, you start? To Twitter DMs, where my new super best friend, favorite man ever or woman at the underscore real underscore flea hooked me up. Ah, uh, the real flea. He's, I, I know, this, I know this guy. He's stitching me up. He wants <laughs> you to win. I love it. This is the same bloke, by the way, that hit a kangaroo oh, whilst listening right. to Changing Kangaroos. I love that guy. Continue. Snacks Tigers, uh, Melanesia's <laughs> Cup champions after defeating Fiji's Ravalaro Rabbits 32-8 to at La Katoa in uh, Nandidi. I just realised he stitched me up by giving me the most tricky <laughs> readout. He knew I couldn't do it. But anyway, thanks to Real Flea for getting around me. I appreciate it. Thanks, mate. Yeah, third time that the Tigers have won the Cup. Uh, also highlights the pathways that we spoke about a few weeks ago um, with Matt Church about, about PNG Rugby League. So some of the lay stars, Casey Dixon, Charlie Simon, Junior Rop, Joe Joshua and Mark Pitty, they all graduated to PNG Hunters squads, uh, the Hunter oh, squad right. this year. So who knows, hopefully we see him in the NRL soon. But that's a good Snacks. one. Good one to start with, man. Our golden point, Oceana. So scheduling for this year's Oceana has finally been set. Uh, this year we'll see three double headers. So June we'll see round one. Pool A will have the Kiwis versus the Tongan Invitational side. Uh, Pool B will be Samoa and the Cook Islands. Uh, October, uh, we'll see round two. It'll be Tonga Invitational versus Fiji. Samoa will play the Kumuls. And then round three, also in October, will be the Kiwis and Fiji, Papua New Guinea and Cook Islands. And it appears, once again, that there'll be no grand final, which is uh, pretty disappointing mm. for me. Um, 
Yeah. I, I love that it's happening. I love that it's organized. I love that even though Samoa, sorry, Tonga's going through a whole bunch of drama, which there might be a golden point about later, they're still heavily involved in this. So They'll still be there. They'll still yeah. be playing and try, they'll be trying to win this thing, that's for sure. Mm. I also think there might be some more to be announced soon because I noticed that Fiji and PNG aren't doing anything during that June rep round. So oh, who right. knows? That could be an opportunity for them to play as well. Tobega, and I think you have some extra to this, but also it's an NRL flavor for our next NRL episode coming up. Tobega, Parramatta and Penrith visit the Sapphire Coast and injected $5 million into their local economy and lifted the spirits of those struggling to cope after the devastating bushfires. Interestingly, it was a phone conversation in early January between NRL CEO Todd Greenberg and New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian. Read that beautifully. That was behind the morale-boosting and economically successful trial in Bega. The Premier, the most important person in the state government, said, uh, and I quote, what we need you to do, speaking to Todd, is what the NRL does best, get in and inject some uh, into these regions and lend a hand. Rugby league people are the best people and the Premier knows it. They certainly did it. Uh, Five million bucks is massive. The town or the town surrounding that Sapphire Coast region absolutely needed it. Mm. Um, there's a whole f- uh, footy festival going yep. on. Amy Shark's performing. I don't know who that is, but it reminds me of Baby <laughs> Shark. You're a, you're a dad, Baby yeah. Shark for sure. I know both because I'm a cool you dad. You know both because you're a cool dad. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not going to argue with that, big man. But, um, yeah, hopefully that's the only... Uh, trial match that we speak about this week because, uh, yeah, we don't want to talk mm. about oh, anything to talk that happened. Nothing that happened in Maggi. That's not it. Oh, yeah, that's fine too. <laughs> um, golden points. So let's go to France. So success for both pro French uh, rugby league clubs last weekend. So in the Super League, Jimmy Maloney sealed the deal with a last-minute try yeah, in did. Catalan's 29-24 to victory over Hull FC. The Dragoons. The Dragoons. Uh, they've proven they can win tough ones away from home, which is really good. It's been difficult for them in the past. Uh, and they also make it two from two with Izzy Falau. So uh, read into that mm. what you like. Uh, meanwhile, in the championship, Toulouse Olympic. This is technically two golden points, mate, but I'm going to put them together. <laughs> Toulouse Olympic, they remain undefeated with a 40-4 to four shellacking of Cumbrian club Oof. Whitehaven in round four. We all wait for them to lose. In Samoa, the Mara Saints men's and the Apia Maroons women's have taken out the honours of the fourth Balma Parist Fantastic League Nine series held in Pesegua, Upolo over the weekend. Did the real flea give you this one as well? <laughs> <laughs> the tournament featured 10 men's teams and three women's teams in one of the largest nines competitions held in Samoa. Awesome. Love it. Uh, golden point to Serbia. So where the season pre uh, the season preview began with some trials over the weekend. So some huge win for our two favourites. So I remember you saying last week you're all over Partizan yeah, Belgrade. I've got Partizan. They got a massive win, 64-0 yeah. against Rudnick. The juniors are coming up. The juniors have won competitions this mm. week as well. This is another double golden point. I'm going light on you this week, mate. <laughs> um, and then uh, Red Star Belgrade, so my guys, 92-0, you know, just Oof, ta- taking it oh my easy God. over the Dorku Tigrove. Uh, well said. The Tigrove, mate, Tigers in Serbian, just okay. so you know. Oh, right. Because, uh, you know, you're- You're, you're also translating for us. That's well, unreal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting better. I'm getting better. But yeah, Serbia, great things. Season about to kick off. Okay. Well, from great news to sad news- And back to the sad state of affairs uh, in Tonga, International Rugby League, the IRL, can confirm that Tonga National Rugby League has appealed their decision to take um, that expulsion. And so that whole thing continues. There's due process happening, but uh, we'll see how that pans. Which explains the whole Invitational 13 Mm. happening again this year for Oceana. Um, It's going to take a while. Hopefully it's cleared up by the time the World Cup comes around. We've Mm. got 18 months or so to figure it out. 
But yeah, it's it's going to be interesting times, but we'll keep everyone up to date, of course. Uh, golden point to Spain. So Valencia Hurricanes, they've announced another friendly in May. So this one's going to be against the Keithley Cougars. And this match is subject to uh, RFL approval, of course. Uh, and I might add hats off to the Cougars as well, who have a partnership with California Youth Rugby League um, as well. So keep hashtag growing the game, Cougars. This might be the same thing, but I've used completely different things. Mine's to the great state of friendship where the Espana Rugby League has this week announced the Spanish men's team are going to... The Philippines? Was that where you just were? No, that was that. But we used that last, last week. Last week. Oh, damn Come it. on, man. Do you even listen you, to the well, show? Well, why do you? I do, but why didn't you call it the friendship, the inaugural friendship cup? That's what I read and got I, excited about. Because I felt like you were going to do. That's your thing. I felt like you were just going to come. A bit of banter. Big Here we thing, are, man. Here friendship we cup. Well, I'm taking it as a thing because you should have used friendship. Cup. No, you have to go again. Come on. To Liverpool. <laughs> you probably did this one as well. Oh, this is a Peru one. I did this as well. Just a second ago. You don't listen to this show. I do. All. The Brazil and Peru one. That was last week. How come you? How come you say? Stuff before that happens on their website because I know everything. I might be. You do because I look at the dates on their websites. (laughs) You might be because I'm looking at their websites and it's happening after we release our episode. Little tip: check Chasing Kangaroos Instagram page before you check. Well, I try not to because I feel like I'm then definitely going to double up. Okay, to Boondale, Queensland. (laughs) I don't have this. Yes, finally, (laughs) where league players and personalities have been helping children learn uh, the love of reading. This is definitely not one of yours. It's a big T one for (laughs) sure. Boondale State Public School believe readers are achievers, and they demonstrate this every year. With their um, reading program, it's Reading in Pajamas Night. That's where the awesome. School encourages you to be reading um, before you go to sleep, and so a whole bunch of Queensland NRL identities and personalities are up there going to schools or doing clips and and stuff around that. That's great. I'd suggest a recording in Pajamas Night for this podcast, but my pajamas idea. is just my underpants, and I don't know how much I would feel about that. So yeah, he's laughing at you right now. Lo- he, he would love to see it. Yeah. Uh, here we go, Mercho. All right, Golden Point, Toronto. I'm not going to talk about the scoreline or anything like that because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm sure a win's just around the corner. They haven't been having much luck on the field, but I do want to say their marketing department is getting some Ws off the field. Uh, so the Canadian club, they added Ben Kilner and Jack Wells to their squad on one-month loans from Wigan recently, and the pack are copying some flack for this uh, from Ooh. a lot of the flat cappers uh, as well over there. But it hasn't stopped the club from getting in on the joke themselves. So after announcing that they've signed Wolfie, which is Warrington oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for a one-match loan, uh, they did lose 32-zip to the Saints. I just mm. said I was going to mention it, but they played you the Saints. Anyway. So I'm gonna, yeah, there we go. Here's another one you definitely don't have. <clears throat> to Macquarie Uni Sports Ground, where yeah. the Bowman Tigers beat the North Sydney Bears in their Harold Matz rep game. Hey. Because I'm just searching for stuff you couldn't possibly have. <laughs> and the rep rounds for New South Wales are exciting for me because the Bowman Tigers are still playing in it. Uh, the Bears did score on the bell, but they still lost 22-16, go Tigers. So you know me well. You know I'm too busy watching junior games from Partisan Belgrade, <laughs> yeah. not junior games from Balmain or North Sydney. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Our golden point, international. So the IRL board announced updates to international el- eligibility rules. Uh, there's it, Look, it's pretty much the, pretty similar to what it has been, but a few changes. So electing to represent a country has changed from playing for that country to being named in a 19-man squad or final tournament squad in a sanctioned nines competition for that country. So what that means, here's an example. So last year... Caelan Ponga, that's what it means. Ronaldo Mulatalo represented the USA at the Nines World Cup and then he represented Samoa in the Oceania Cup Mm. B. Under the new rules, that won't be allowed in the same calendar year. Mm. So that's one example. Uh, Calendar year. Yeah. So the other rule is that players uh, cannot represent Australia or New Zealand if they have elected to represent Great Britain or vice versa. So example, last season we saw Blake Austin, Jackson Hastings, Lachlan Coote uh, playing for the Great Britain Lions. Under the new rule, they, would ha- they would, wouldn't they would be able to play again 
for the Kangaroos. Uh, they would forego their chances, sorry, to play for the Kangaroos in future mm. if they chose the Lions instead. Mm. There you go. There you go. But Caelan Ponga is okay because I know he did nines for Australia, but he'd be able to now play for New Zealand in the next calendar year. Is that what it means? Well, you can't play. You, if you play for Australia, you can never play for New Zealand, vice versa, England included. Okay, great. Yeah. Great, great, great. Okay, to the hospital. Oh, whoa. Where Steve okay? Blocker Roach became a grandfather last weekend. <laughs> So congratulations to the big man. This is just going to be <laughs> Tigers news soon. <laughs> well, I'm ensuring you don't have them. And what, also in sad news, that's my last golden point. Was it uh, boy, girl? Do we have any names? I didn't ask. I felt like it was a bit much. Okay, there you go. Because I found the tweet and I didn't want to then pry into people's private lives. Is that really your last one? That was my last one. Do you want to read some of mine? No, I probably can read them off my own iPad from last week. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we go. Uh, let's go a few more. So to the NRL golden point. So we're going to have an NRL one in there. But the captain's challenge rule has been rubber stamped for this season after success during the trials. And I thought as a referee, you might have an opinion on that. Uh, uh, on the spot. I have an opinion on it. I can't wait to see how it works. Yeah. Vossi frothed over it the other day at um, the All-Stars game because it was – it was used in a really great yeah. opportunity. I would love to see it mainly just for score. I would love one year where they do it just for uh, only in point scoring situations and there's no bunker unless you ask for it. Yeah. yeah that would be think, an interesting way yeah. to go about it. But I don't know if that's more successful or less successful. I just would love to see what that looks like for a year. I think I'm with you. It adds to the theatre hmm. and the drama. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm usually against this sort of stuff. I don't want more referees, more touchies, more ways to rule on things, more stoppages. I don't hmm. want that. But something about this, I kind of, I think it's going to be entertaining. So well, yeah. this is, do we going to bring that up next week in our NRL one? Because I've got more to say about it. it oh, yeah, let's let's, let's save it till then. Yeah, let's cool. save it till then. Uh, so golden point to Peru, uh, and this isn't up on their website yet. So don't use it next week. But Peru, I will one hundred percent use it next week. <laughs> Peru Rugby League have announced that they will be holding their pioneering match in Lima this year. Uh, so the game between Lobos and the Camanes side will hopefully be streamed for all to see. So congratulations to Jamie Perez and the team for getting this one off the ground. Uh, when Jamie was on the podcast last year, he identified having a match like this in Peru being a key objective in the short term for them. So well done, Jamie and co. And if you Yay. want to listen to that one, go all the way back to episode 26 of Chasing oh, Kangaroos. Well Perez. done. There you go. You know what's really weird is that I listened to you reading it and I listened to the podcast during the week and I still don't remember which ones we've done. I'm not reading it. What are you talking about? It's all off the top <laughs> of my head. <laughs> No one's going to believe that. <laughs> no, no. we will. We've got witnesses. Uh, Golden Point, Wales. So mixed results for the two Welsh clubs in the opening round of League One. Uh, so West Wales Raiders going down to Huddersfield 50-10. to 10. Uh, But North Wales Crusaders with a huge 40-16 to 16 victory over London Scholars. I like keeping tabs on how they're going. Mm. Uh, it's going to be a tough one for the Raiders, though, but hopefully the Crusaders can do some special things in League One. And final, final Golden Point for the day. You know a f- player that you really like had a baby? A player, yeah. yeah. So Mark Gaznia. <laughs> James, no, I'm just kidding. James the <laughs> um, To New York. So last week we spoke about the likelihood that Ottawa will become the second mm. Canadian rugby league club accepted into the English pyramid system. Uh, and everyone's been asking me about <laughs> it New York. It sounds like a scheme, <laughs> the English pyramid like, system. Like, yeah, all the money. Anyway, um, and questions started flooding in about New York's chances now as well. So a few sources, including our friend Nate Gladden from Rugby League in America podcast, have indicated that New York are aiming to enter um, the Challenge Cup or 1895 Cup in 2021 because it looks likely that they won't be accepted that year but are really hoping that it happens for 2022. Okay. So a little bit disappointing but I, I kind of think that the Cavite Silk Tales from Fiji, it took Petro and the guys like five years to mm-hmm. make that happen. 
So, you know, good things happen to those who wait. I just yeah. hope it does happen for them. But, mate, that's golden points for this week, unless you have anything else you want to add. Well, no. But, I mean, it's taking – we we keep talking to Petro about coming on, and it's taking us five years to, to get the poor. Who knows? Up. We'll get there eventually. Yeah, we'll I've got a good Petro, feeling about him. But we've got, we've got plenty of good stuff coming up, including <coughs> next week. We've got a very special guest that I won't mention just yet, a very special guest <laughs> joining us for our only NRL episode for the, the year. year. We do it once a year. We break the rules. It's going to be Q&A from you guys. Uh, so looking forward to that one. Uh, as always, thanks to Mercho for mixing and producing this one. He's actually, can we say it? Yeah. He, well, can we say it? Can we Look, say he it? doesn't care. Yeah, he doesn't care. Yeah, whatever. He's getting married next weekend. Yeah. So we're going to have to do it without Mercho for a few. Oh, well, he, well uh, let's, anyway, poor choice of language there, but we're going to do it without Mercho. Yeah. Let's not talk about who's <laughs> doing who who's doing this what. waiting time. Uh, but thanks, Mercho, and congratulations, man, and good luck. Very lucky man. And, uh, yeah. Uh, Mascot Browns. So, 20, uh, yeah. yeah, 20. I forgot to mention them last week, but oh, uh, no, 20, 2020, 2020 vision. vision for 10% off at mascotbrowns.com. They're also selling someone's training gear. I saw it's not California Rugby Leagues, they're selling heaps of training gear. Get on there, let's yeah. check it out. I saw something on Instagram, it's probably on, it's it's probably probably on, on Chasing Kangaroos. I'll read it next week in a golden point, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> All good. Well, we'll be back next week. Biggest thanks for joining me again. My pleasure, sir. Mercho, congratulations, and fuck you, Nagati.